Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. meeting is being recorded. Yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Hey, we're getting really, really close to Valentine's Day. So I thought maybe we should spend some time today talking a little bit about the most unlikely freaking couples out there. And guess who's back with us? Elizabeth Cooper from the Caffeinated Cooper Show. Thanks for stopping by. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's, you know, who else would I have on to talk about a topic of unlikely couples? Because your show is so unique and fun. And uh, and I know, you, I don't know, are you planning uh, doing on the, doing a Valentine's show? Actually, you know, I have been looking for a guest for a Valentine's show and I'm actually looking for a matchmaker. I don't know anything about what matchmakers really do as far as going through profiles and personalities. Like how deep does it go, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been on any of those sites. None of the dating sites. I mean, you know, on the rare occasion that I have dates, it's, uh, you know, it's just meeting people like traditionally how you meet people, I guess. I don't know. I'm such a nerd. I'd probably, you know, a bookstore probably is where I need to hang out. I don't know. You know, know? and when I was single, that's where I decided that I was going to meet people. It would be um, at church. I, I would kind of like scan the crowd. Is there anybody single here? No, there were never any single 20 year old guys at mass. Um, so then I'm like, well, what about the grocery store? And I quickly learned they were all married. Um, so then it was the library. And, and, and I realized I don't want to date a 50, 60 year old when I'm 20. So <laughs> it was all very organic, though. It was face-to-face, meeting people, nothing online. But I'll tell you what, I had a project that I was working on with um, a co-creator, and he wanted to do a reality um, dating show. And I can tell you a little bit about it. He, it. he never got to the point of filming it because the pandemic happened. And then, you know, our show was based on seniors, and dating. So being able to get seniors on set is a little tricky, even today. So we need to let things wash out. But he said, you know, I was so inspired, because my girlfriend and I went on like a sandals vacation, a beach vacation. He said, we go to the all inclusive resorts, because they always have activities. And he said, there was this one couple, they were in their 90s, and they had just gotten married. And he said, they stole the show. They did every activity. They did every challenge. They did everything. And he said, 
So it really got me thinking about how do people meet? So we did some focus groups and we found that seniors are meeting on match.com. And we interviewed probably two dozen seniors that were all single for multitudes of reasons. And the number one thing that they said was living with our kids is great, but they don't really understand that we want to be social too. We, we want to have that romance in our life. And then the number one complaint of the women that were single, they said, I like meeting people on match, but I don't like that they have the green light that shows us that we're on match. Because if we go out with a date, we go out on, with a guy on a date and he thinks it's going really well. And then I'm on match and my little green light saying that I'm active on match. That means that, you know, I'm still looking or he's still looking. And they're like, so either I go on to see if he's looking and he goes on to see if I'm looking. And they're like, it's just pandemonium. Because <laughs> they don't matter talk, let's just ask. Yeah, but that is that is something because, um, you know, like I said, I've never used any of those dating sites. Um, but a friend of mine, actually, when I was in Cincinnati, he would, uh, um, I think after he and his girlfriend broke up, he went on a couple of those dating sites. This guy had a different date every weekend. Right. But it, he ended up meeting his wife. Up here. And uh, I was like totally shocked because I don't know how they work to get people matched up to see if they're compatible. My buddy had no kids. Did not plan on having kids, maybe, maybe one. And he was certainly not the type of guy that would date a woman that had kids. He married a woman that had three kids and then they had one of their own. So uh, his name is Blaine and I, I call him the Blaney bunch anytime I pop by there, but it's so funny, but I got to actually, so she's a great one. She, she's one of the, like the nicest people you'll ever meet. And uh, when I go to Cincinnati, I always crash at their house. And uh, I remember his little son, I was there. I, actually, I was best man in their wedding. And then I was there for, um, I wasn't able to get there for the, for the birth of their kid. Uh, I think there was a snowstorm or something. And, um, but anyway, this little boy, I, I would go stay when I go visit. And uh, I remember even when he was like tiny in diapers, he would come out of the bedroom and like, he'd be standing right outside the room where I'm sleeping. I'd open the door because I would get up much earlier than everybody else. And it'd be Saturday. And we'll go downstairs and watch cartoons. Me and this kid. <laughs> so we're we're going down there, and I'm like getting his you get his milk or whatever, his cereal or whatever. And uh, we're just sitting there watching cartoons, and everybody else gets up. It's so funny. But uh, to this day, yeah, he still pals around with me every time I go up there, and I can't believe the kid's like 13. It's unreal. It, it other that. people's kids they grow up so <laughs> fast. I've yeah. noticed, and when we see them every single day. They still grow up fast, but man, it just blows me away when I, you know, I reconnect and I touch back to a friend of mine. And what I love about the friends that I've been blessed to have in my life is that they get me, they get that we'll have a conversation and then we won't talk for six months and we'll pick that conversation up from six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody's mad, nobody has their feathers ruffled because, you know, they think I'm mad at them or something. They just get it. They get yeah. that life's busy but I'll tell you what so when my ex-husband was dating he you know he's my age he's about four years older than me so when we got a divorce how old was he he was probably right about 30 and he also only dated organically you know you met somebody in person 
and you had a connection right away. And then you started dating. So he tried that. And he finally called me. We have a wonderful relationship even after divorce. It's very, very amicable. So he would call and tell me about his dates. And he's like, I'm realizing all the hot ones are crazy. And I don't know what to do. And so he's like, I'm done dating hot ones. And I had actually suggested because match.com was just getting out there and it was just starting advertising and stuff. And I'm like, well, why don't you try something that, that matches you by your personality profile and their personality profile and your wants in life and their wants in life and connected him with a woman that, I mean, when I met her and I had met a couple of his girlfriends, I'm like, well, they're, they're nice. You know, they're nice. And they were, they were all nice. I never met any of the, the hot ones. So I, I don't know how crazy that was. That must've been a flash in the pan. But, um, you know, when I met her, I'm like, wow, you should have met her, you know, seven years ago when you and I met before we were married. Cause we were only married a short time. It was only five years and um, perfect. I mean, and they're still, they got married. They're still married today. They've been married for, I want to say 13, 14 years. And they're just perfect for each other. And he does so many things in that relationship that we weren't able to achieve in ours. So I guess, you know, it does work, right? For me, I think if tomorrow, for some reason, I was just single, I would still look into the relationships I've curated tangibly. Like I know they're a real person and, you know, I've either met them in person or I've known them for a long time and I've seen them multiple times. Like I think the catfish thing would be so embedded into my brain. I'd be like, what if they're like a 10 year old China, uh, they're a 10 year old child in the Philippines. Like what if, Yeah. <laughs> what what if this is just total like horrible catfish yeah did it happen to one of those players from notre dame everybody was kind of uh when he was playing for a national title everybody thought it was uh his girlfriend died but it wasn't it wasn't even really his girlfriend it was like his online girlfriend it turned out to be a guy mm -hmm. yeah and, and like he totally got catfished so as we get into this celebrity couple thing today and in, in, in the in the in the uh, valentine stuff uh, just real quick, I was going to ask you if you heard the latest news, uh, the big Spotify controversy. Neil Young, of all people, you know, rocking in the free world. I, I don't know what kind of free world he's living in. Apparently not a very free one these days. Demanded that Spotify remove either him or Joe Rogan. He would not be on the same platform as Joe Rogan. So Spotify this week removed Neil Young from the platform. Yeah, of course they did. I mean, Joe Rogan is like supporting Spotify right now. And yeah. Neil Young, Neil Young's 76 years old. And he was, when was he really hot? Like the hottest would have been what, early 80s? Yeah, he had a so, resurgence in the 80s. And uh, he, had, he had some hits in the 70s, I guess. But he got resurgence in the 80s uh, for a brief bit. But he hasn't been relevant in a long time. Right. No, he hasn't. So that's just business sense. 
that they're going to yeah. be like, no, um, bye, Neil, like, see you later, because you have what a couple hundred people listening to you uh, on a weekly basis on Spotify. Yeah. And this guy has 3 billion daily listeners like that. That's just business sense. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Because um, he really like the last time he like really hit culturally, he was having that war with Leonard Skinner. You, you remember way back when and uh, it was it, but it's just crazy. I mean, I know he was culturally relevant at one point, but here's what kills me. This, you know, when people get so woke that they have to demand like, you know, he's he's you know, he's an entertainer. He's in the music business. What is more important in the music and entertainment business than your freedom of speech and expression? And here he is demanding somebody else not have their freedom of speech. If you want to listen to me, what? Oh, what a jerk. Does yeah, he not really you know, the tyrant nature of his attitude towards somebody else who's trying to make a living? You know, I, I don't think he does because I honestly think with this wokeism, you know, that's that's a cool word to call it, but what it really is is rogue egos. Yeah. And you know, nobody has any right to say I'm better than somebody else, no matter what the circumstance. And I think that's checking your ego. And yeah. I honestly think, you know, this comment of disagreeing with Joe Rogan, you know, Joe had said a few things about the vaccines that's really gotten people stirred up. Although some of what he said is credible. It has been proved, it has been documented, but it's his opinion. Neil and his music, that's his music. That's his expression. Just because I don't like his music, I, out of the thousands upon thousands of songs that I've downloaded through Apple iTunes, not a single Neil Young song is on my yeah. playlist. You know? I don't listen to his stuff. I know who he is. I know what his songs are. Um, but that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of life. Joe needs to have his platform just as Neil is, you know, he has the right to have his platform. And that's the wonderful thing in this country is our freedom of expression, our freedom of speech. So to say that you're woke, you're really not. If you're trying to say woke is, you know, open-minded and wonderful and, you know, all inclusive because I'm woke. No, you're not. You're actually the opposite because you're trying to censor and cancel anybody who has a slight difference of opinion all the way up to a massive difference of opinion. Any difference of opinion, they think, well, you know, we're just going to pretend we're the Queen of England in the 1700s and off with your head, you know, go take them to yeah. the guillotine. Like, no. And when you expect the culture and the society to walk lockstep you know, it's not long before they're goose stepping, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, and I, I refer to that as like, that is, that is the, that attitude and ego and the, the need to be domineering over other people over opinions is the very essence of cultural communism. This, the, the cancel culture has shot itself in the foot so many times lately that you can see it like gasping for air, you know? And you're going to, we'll see this pop up here and there. But I think the more like platforms like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter try to censor people, the harder they've gone for this, then the more attention they're, what they're trying to censor is getting. And it's backfiring. 
So yeah, Joe Rogan. I saw this funny meme: Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Rogan. <laughs> Have you seen this? You know the, the musical band. I thought that was funny. So um, yeah, this is it's. Uh, thankfully, it's running its course, and I miss the nineties. You know, I I know. And it is totally running its course. And I think Joe Rogan is smart enough to realize that really his next move should be to get a thank you card and write out a thank you card to Neil Young. Because if Joe Rogan didn't have enough viewers six days ago, he now has tripled the amount of viewership for Joe Rogan just because of this Neil Young thing. It has brought nothing to Neil Young, maybe a few extra Google searches of like, who is this guy? I've never heard of Neil Young. Because let's think about it. You know, anybody who's 50 and younger really isn't within the category of typically in the category of a huge Neil Young fan. So now it's really just the senior set where they're like, oh yeah, man, that's my jam. But um, you know, cancel culture, what you were just mentioning, it's so interesting because I think any of us that decided to get quiet, you know, when cancel culture was really emerging in 2020 and we're all sitting here going, this is nuts, this is crazy, this is insanity. And then you sit and you watch, right? I think any intellectual person sat and watched and realized, yeah, guys, you think this is so great. You're winning. You think you're winning on canceling this person and this person. It's about to turn around because everything's cyclical. And so I think Twitter and Facebook and now, you know, meta. So Facebook, Instagram, they are going to be forced into some changes because you're not going to get rid of things like Getter and Parler and they're going to take a lot of the eyeballs away from Meta and away from Twitter. And Twitter just stepped into it again yesterday for censorship. What did they do yesterday? Now, I don't know the full story. I was hoping you didn't ask me what they did. (laughs) It popped up on my phone as um, it was a censorship issue. I do not know the subject matter. I can look it up real quick, but I I don't know the exact story of what they were trying to censor, but it was another left against right fight. And you know, the Twitter and Facebook had such, they had like a 20 year run on being, you know, the, the go-to platforms and in, in the culture. And when they complain about like all these other like getter and, and, uh, and I thought like, um, what, what's the one that's not, uh, YouTube, but it's something else. It's um, oh yeah, Vimeo. Oh, Vimeo is it Vimeo? Yeah, there's Vimeo, but I thought they had started up a new one, didn't they? Yeah, there's a one that's getting a lot of traction. You know, with all their censorship, and they complain about these other platforms, they created them with with their heavy handedness. I mean, you know, when when you see government that can't censor speech and they let corporations do it. What do you think Mussolini was doing prior to World War II? Uh, you know, the term fascism is, is real. And, you know, I think we just don't teach those terms anymore. People don't know what it is. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we really do have to guard um, the what's coming in to uh, educate our children, no matter what school district you're in. I think that there's big gaping holes 
in the education um, to make sure that they understand, you know, cause and effect. Like I think they touch on a lot of topics in school, but unless you're teaching arithmetic where you have to know the formulas, you have to know how to do the math equation. So no matter what method they're teaching, they're still teaching the whole method. But then once you get into literary or history or something that you could become a little bit more cosmic in thinking, they have a syllabus that they have to follow within school for teachers. But in our school system, the biggest challenge for us is that they're massively teaching our kids test taking skills and not teaching the subject, the full 360 of the subject of, you know, let's talk about Martin Luther King. Yes, please, let's talk about Martin Luther King. But start with his backstory. How did he get to be known as Dr. Martin Luther King? Mm -hmm. What did he do? You know, what was he thinking the moment that he was standing at the pedestal and he was shot? You know, let's go all the way through and we're skipping the backstory. We're skipping the 360. We're just giving them really a 90 degree view of like, okay, memorize this. Now take a test. Here's the and approved view. And this is what you need to know. And, and that's, that's, you know, kind of the cancel culture creeping into the public education system because over the last few years, we've seen people raising hell and rioting and defaming and defacing statues uh, especially Confederate statues. Now, I love history, and America has a fascinating history. We're the only country anywhere in the world that had a civil war to free people in our own land. And, you know, I dare any other country brag about that. Now, all these monuments and these statues that are out there, when I walk by, I don't like, you know, salute and, hey, but, you know, reverence to my, and I'm from the South. You know, I'm not saluting the, you know, the Robert E. Lee statues or anything, you know, but those statues are there. They should have been, instead of being torn down or removed, you know, people should take class trips there. And they should, you know, I want them to learn about the Civil War, the, the, all the facts. There's good history and there's bad history. Yeah, there's some stuff that's like, ooh, you know, I mean, some of the treatment of the Native Americans. Ooh, that's not good. You know, some of the things that, that happened, uh, you know, slavery. There's so many things that you can, you can look that's bad, but let's find out how we got where we're at. Because if we don't know the truth, the whole truth, the ugly truth, how are we going to know where we're going? And they don't teach kids how to think and rationalize and think for themselves, be free thinkers. Every kid listens, or well, I have no kids listening to the show, but every parent out there, I, I, I challenge you to go rent a movie or go find the streaming movie called Dead Poet Society and let your children watch that. Let them understand that there's different points of view and, you know, you're not teaching people to pass the test. You're teaching them to be free thinkers. And that is how we succeed. That's how America is what it is. When we start teaching to a test, we start teaching to fail. And that's that is a huge point. That that's a gigantic point. If for the past 20 years or more, um, our education system was teaching their students to think we would be in a completely different situation right now. I don't think we would have seen much fires from Antifa and, and groups like that. Um, we, we might have seen a new generation of beat writers. That would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been relevant and, and, and pertinent, but we don't. 
But you know some of the weirdest stuff of all. Uh, speaking of all this weird and the whole ugly truth, or how in the world some of these celebrity couples have stayed together and who how they got together. The most recent one we were talking about, and I ask you this: Pete Davidson is not that good looking of a guy. Hilarious, he's hilarious. But that Saturday Night Live bunny must be something else because once Kim and Kanye split, man, Pete Davidson moved right in. Every girl he dates is like top-notch, good-looking lady. Yeah, what is Pete Davidson doing, <laughs> Elizabeth? How does something? Something I don't know, man. He's he's put okay. a spell on somebody. Here's my take on this. So I, I'm going to start with, with a little story of my own personal experience to get to my point. So, so bear with me for a moment. I once had a dinner date with a, a mom. I mean, he was a model. He, he was in Men's Health Magazine, a very good looking guy. And we went out on this dinner date. He had zero ability to hold a conversation unless you were talking about him and what his current projects were. And then when you talked about him, he was kind of a negative person. He wasn't mean, um, nothing like that. He was lacking personality. So I think a woman, what's gonna catch her eye, you know, like we were saying when we were talking about that a few days ago, my opinion, the funny guy is gonna get the girl. You know, the guy that you wanna be around. So then that really takes looks and it kind of throws it out the window. I think the majority of women just want somebody that they can connect with that is kind and loving and, and but is also somebody that can make you laugh. In our world of a woman today in the United States, or especially if we're a mother also, our lives are really busy. Um, and so if you have a partner that can still make you smile and still make you laugh, I just think that's huge. So going to Pete Davidson, right? So now Kanye West, which now goes by yay, uh, he was kicked to the curb, right? Yeah. And then the next thing you saw was Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. It's a weird looking combination of looks because yeah Pete has more of that guy next door he looks like everybody's neighbor and then Kim Kardashian you know she has developed herself into looking a little bit more you know totally Hollywood so yeah sure you might take a double take but I get it um he's he's got to be he's got to have a good personality. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but I would have to say he's winning the, you know, the good looking girls with his personality. He's, he's doing something right. But you said Kanye started dating another woman now too. And what, what's this about? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I've got to do a quick Google while I talk about this. So yes, Kanye is now um, dating a young lady and she looks, ironically, looks just like Kim Kardashian. Uh, her name is Julia. Julia is a younger lady, and I, I believe she's, uh, she's fair-skinned. So I can't call her, you know, a white woman or anything like that. I, I don't know, and I guess it doesn't really even matter. But she's not tan and, and bronzy like Kim. She's um, very fair, but she has dark hair. 
and oh my gosh, she has the same body type. She's large chested, tiny waist, very, very large rear end, very shapely, right? The weirdest thing about this is that Kanye, when he was dating Kim Kardashian, he would pick out her designs. He would dress her like to the point of when they were going to go outside, he's still straightening her clothes. And then they go out and they're presented because, you know, of course it's Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. There's always paparazzi around. So instantly, as soon as you leave your mansion, you're going to be in pictures. He's doing the same thing with his girlfriend, Julia. And her hair is styled just like him. He has ordered Kim's outfits to be delivered to this girl's closet. And like overnight, somebody came in with clothes and put them in her closet. And she is to wear certain fashions. It's bizarre. That is creepy. Um, is the, <laughs> that's what that is. Wow. But you know what? If I had to suggest he date somebody um, because of his psychological profile, I suggest Dr. Phil. So maybe that, maybe that should be the next celebrity match for Kanye. Is Dr. Phil um, or Dr. Oz or somebody, some doctor somewhere. Um, yeah, that's that's wild. You know, here's I looked up uh, some very unlikely, but actually real celebrity couples at one point, and some of these actually were just wow. I I, I couldn't. Um, you've known some of them, like Mila Kunis and uh, Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. right? And you know, she yeah. was she's a gorgeous woman, great actress. Macaulay Culkin after Home Alone. I hate to say this, but he, I don't know if he had drug issues or whatever, but he looked like a walking heroin addict. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm like, that is a weird, weird combination. But even weirder than that, I did not know this, but Cher and Tom Cruise were once an item. Uh, did you know that? Cher and Tom Cruise? Yeah. Really? So was yeah. that before he was married? Like, was he a young guy? Um. Yeah, he was younger, and this uh, said uh, not only did they date, but Cher named Tom as one of her top five former lovers. So, yeah, they were pretty close. It's crazy to imagine these two together now, but the 80s were weird times, kids. Uh, So Tom and Katie Katie Holmes, Tom and Katie Holmes, weird couple, but Tom and Cher, that's a little weirder. You know, I'm looking up to see if he currently has a girlfriend. And there is something coming up here. 2021, Tom Cruise. So Haley Atwell. And I'm looking at pictures of Haley. She looks just like his ex-wife. Just like Katie Holmes. Her hair's a little bit longer. And, man, this guy just comes off as somebody who's kind of devoid of actual personality. And he just goes from part to part to part, but he's such a method actor. I feel like you're always seeing that character. You're never really seeing him. He might not even know who he is. Yeah. I don't know Tom Cruise. So I'm not, you know, speaking of experience of actually being able to be in the same room and hold a conversation, but Tom Cruise and Cher, and he's a good lover. No, like that's not popping off of the screen for me. I don't see that. You know, he has a lot in common with uh, 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 what's the Italian guy from uh, Godfather? Um, oh, um, not, not Pacino, but the other guy. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> we were just laughing about forgetting names before we started recording. Marlon Brando? No. Um, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro. Because okay. they're both really short. And any time that they walk around on set, like if you pull the camera back, they have these huge lifts in their shoes where it looks funny to see them walk. It looks like Frankenstein walking, but but yet they're uh, they're so short they have to do that. And that Tom Cruise would often uh, have to stand like on an inverted, like a, uh, well, like a, like an, like an incline with whoever he was having his pictures with. So he looked taller. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, which I thought was kind of, kind of interesting, but um, yeah, you know, here's another weird celebrity couple, by the way, if he's doing that dating a girl that looks just like Katie Holmes and then Kanye is doing what he's doing. I wonder if he and Kanye are friends. Uh, you know, I would actually kind of think probably, um, you know, there's still there. Kanye is is awfully big, you know, awfully high on the list of celebrity. He's probably much more popular than um, Pete. But yeah, they probably do get along. I, I don't know. You know, it seems like whenever Kanye is speaking, he tends to make a whole lot of sense to listen to him. He's sort of, you know, that it, politically he's middle to right wing, um, but he seems practical. And then he comes off of his, you know, platform of whatever it may be, if he's live speaking or whatever. And then it's like blasting out there that, oh no, he's having a bipolar experience and please forgive him. He didn't mean what he said. And I'm just like dumbfounded because, you know, I'm like, well, but the guy was making a whole lot of sense. So yeah. who's the one that's wrong here? Who's the one that's a little crazy? Well, I guess Kim Kardashian must make people crazy. I don't know, because here's the, here's the next thing with Kim Kardashian. She was also a couple with Nick Cannon. Now, I don't know how Nick Cannon keeps getting women out of his league, but he does. Um, but I don't know if he has a sense of humor. I have no idea. Um, but Nick Cannon not only dated Kim Kardashian at one point, but he also married Mariah Carey, who was way older than him. And yeah, of course, they got divorced. Um, so they got divorced. So, I mean, that was a strange period because, well, there's a 10 year age difference, right? But given the fact that they're still relatively young in years, a 10 year age difference is a big difference. You know, sort of, if you ask me, it's not like he's somebody 70 and somebody 60. You know, you're 40 and 30 or 30 and 20. Right. Know. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not too surprised by any of his pairings before he started talking about um, his racial opinions, let's call it that, because it really wasn't political statements. And I think, you know, that's one thing that, before he had said the things that he said about the white culture and the Jewish culture and that essentially he just doesn't like any of them and he thinks that he's a super class human being and this, that and the other, you know, that really tarnished my view of him because before that, yeah, sure, he came off as like bubbly and fun and you know, a host that I would want to watch. Now, if he's on the TV, I'm like you just you threw your career in the trash can because some of that stuff was going through your head and that's your prerogative that's fine that's how you can live your life 
um, because I certainly have no say of how anybody lives their life. But now that you've put it out there in the public like that, I think that also changes the opinions and makes some of the pairings seem a little even more odd, like the whole Mariah Carey thing. Now I'm like, okay, so he was married to someone and I think her background is uh, white Hispanic or maybe an interracial couple of African-American and some sort of white background. So he's married to like, is that why they divorced? Because he thinks he's super race person. I'm like, I don't know. It's all confusing. Or maybe the, is that why they married? Like, I would have to wonder, like, if you're going to marry somebody that's that way, you, you feel the same way? Because, I mean, that's a big part of who he is, all right? So, right, I don't know. That. Because Mariah Carey went from an early part of her career. I really enjoyed her music. And then she kind of mm-hmm. sort of tried to get a little, you know, a little more ghetto in, in sometimes. And you know, you know, whatever music is, is is fine, but but she certainly went from that like sweet angelic voice to a different style of music just overnight. I know some people want to do something different, but it was it was kind of a kind of a quick switch. And then now we have to hear that Christmas song of hers over. <laughs> that so many stores have banned the Christmas song. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, it talented, yes. She's absolutely talented. She really is. And I think when she was discovered, what was it, early 80s when she was discovered, that uh, was a whole different world of being discovered and being picked up and and signed to a label than it is today. Today, Literally, you can have a child that has huge natural ability. They make a YouTube video and boom, they're out there. They have a following. So she's definitely come up in the ranks and she put a lot of hard work in. I think what's really tarnished her is, unfortunately, the drinking, the obvious drunkenness on stage. And the one New Year's performance that she did and she's trying to perform and lip sync to her own song and she messes it up and then she has a fit on stage. It's like, oh my gosh, you've let this Hollywood thing go to your head. But talking about couples. So here's a weird one. Did you ever hear about Chelsea Handler and 50 Cent? No. They were a couple. And I've got another one for you. So Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock. Well, that's a big age difference right there, too, isn't it? That is. That end. Um, oh, gosh. What was the other one? Well, we all knew about Jessica Simpson and John Mayer. I actually thought that was probably a pretty good. Oh, here's the one I was looking for. Ashley Judd and Michael Bolton. What? <laughs> Ashley Judd and Michael Bolton were a thing. Now, the one that I've been watching because they're making it splashy, they're making it fun to watch is Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez. When I saw Lauren Sanchez, now she is the beautiful Hispanic lady that he has been taking pictures with. He's like gotten himself in shape. So I guess he's been ordering all of the tight muscle shirts off of Amazon and he's donning them everywhere because he just has these painted on shirts and he's, you know, he's been working on himself. So he looks good because he's 58 years old. She is always in a bikini, no matter where, like she's in something that's just dripping off of her and she has a beautiful body, beautiful girl. I thought she was much younger. I thought she was like 30. She is 52. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. So that's his hot little girlfriend. Cause we all know, you know, he's worth a gazillion um, dollars. Like he's just has huge worth. Um, and he divorced his wife, which he was together when he started Amazon. She hung around. Now, I don't know why they got divorced. I've never really looked into the gossip of that, but they did get divorced. He paid a ton of money to her. And then all of a sudden he pops up and he's with Lauren and he's like, everywhere on yachts and everything and then elon musk now i think he just got uh not a divorce they're not married so i guess they they just sort of took a break or broke up but he has been with canadian singer grimes i find this pairing to be quite interesting because elon sort of um i, I think he's actually mentioned that he has ashburgers i, I believe mm-hmm. so he comes off as slightly quirky Um, He's 50 years old. Grimes is 33. And she, when you think about a young singer, young singer, like this is party girl. Um, She's very trendy. She brings them on the red carpet with her. Uh, Her name is Claire Elise Boucher, which you had found for me because I'm like, this girl only goes by Grimes. Who is she? (laughs) Yeah, I've I've never heard of her. Uh, which tells you like I, I listen to way too much jazz and I'm the pop, I guess. <laughs> so, um, right. but, yeah, that, so, but, but that, that, I think it's fascinating what these, these rich guys, like I know, uh, uh, Bill Gates, micro founder of Microsoft, he just got divorced, uh, relatively recently, uh, mostly because they found emails of his asking other female employees out. Of course, some of them were rebuffing him like, no, no, thanks. Um, but that was, that was part of that. And I don't know if he was unfaithful. Who knows? Um, I'm sure they will settle for more money than most countries are worth. And then that'll be that. You know, Bill Gates is one of those guys where I'd have to say the image of him, for me, he could be the funniest guy in the face of the earth, have the best personality, and I'd still be like, mm, no. When I look at him, I just feel like he smells like potato chips and garlic. Like, he's just... So, I, I don't know. He's just got such a pasty kind of persona to him. I'd just be like, no, Bill, sorry. Um, the Elon Musk thing, though, the way they met, he was online looking for a joke and he found a video of her. That's how they met. Huh. So, it's it was nice sort of like he, funny. He's like, hey, go find that girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. So it, it kind of alludes to the fact that he found a video of this girl and he's like, oh, fetch me the woman. You know? <laughs> and somebody took off in a Tesla and they're like, Grimes, I need you. Come with me. And they started a relationship. That is, that is something, man. But, you know, I mean, some, some of these uh, these folks just like their, their relationships are always in the news. And it just like but it seems like the ones who's who are in the news the most. I, I kind of joke around and call them like the, the barely legal club because no matter who Demi Moore is dating, this guy is probably 20 years younger at least. Um, Marilyn Manson, he was, who was the woman that he was dating a while back? This is a, I can't, it seems like I remember this. She was like 18 or 19 and maybe yeah. she was an actress. Yeah, uh, Rose McGowan. Is that the one you're thinking of? No, but she's much younger. Well, I don't know if she's much younger than him, but he's... No, there was another very young actress. She was like... This was after Rose McGowan. And okay. it was like maybe... Rachel... Uh, Wood? 
Yeah. Is and, that it? Okay. Um, yeah, because she was like 18 or 19. And she was just like right right out of moving out of her parents' house age, you know. I'm a freshman in yeah. college age. And I, and I thought, wow, because he was like maybe 40. And I'm thinking, and that's that's just weird, dude. Um, same thing with DiCaprio. I remember a couple of years ago, one of those awards ceremonies, like right before COVID. And uh, who mm-hmm. was the really funny comedian who ripped all of them a new one? And uh, it was his last time hosting. And uh, he's, he made a joke about DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. And he, he, uh, he made a joke about DiCaprio. It's like, yeah, you came out with a nice young girl. The only problem is she's going to be too old for you by the time the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> and DiCaprio just had this look on his face like, you asshole. <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, what is his name, Cyrus? He was. Um, he he's kind of portly, short. He's a little quirky. Is that the one? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to look that up because I'm, I can see him. I'm I'm looking it up now. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, and he has such debonair. Uh, classic Hollywood looks that I'm sure if he's suave in person, which I have a strong feeling he is, I'm sure every leading lady that plays across him, there's some kind of relationship. And, you know, that's like when um, Ricky Gervais, before I forget it, Ricky Gervais. Yes, Ricky Gervais. Yes. Okay. So that's not the comedian I was thinking of, but yeah, that's right. And he is funny and he is raw like that. <laughs> he was anyway, but yeah, it's just like what what is it with I, to me? I mean, Hugh Hefner was you know weird in that way because all of his girlfriends were young. By the way, there was a on A and E. There's a new documentary about the Playboy Mansion and just how scripted everything was on the inside, how weird it was. And mm-hmm. they you know, there used to be this show called The Girls Next Door, the Playboy mm-hmm. Girls Next Door, and the one girl was on there talking about just how you were only allowed to do certain things inside the house according to his wishes. And it was like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It's like, you don't live there. You're like, you're in servitude there. That, that was weird. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, even in my, like, I don't know, my niece is in college. She's in grad school. But like, even when I meet her friends, I'm like, God, those are too young. You know what I mean? It's like, and they're in their mid and upper twenties. It's like, you know, you think like anybody else, like, how do you, how are you 40 dating an 18 year old? Right. That's the mentality right. I can't wrap my head around. Um, yeah, you know, there's something that I uh, was looking up, and it's about the Hollywood couples <clears throat> that have lasted. And some of them are quite surprising. Now, you have Kelly Ripa and her husband, Mark. Um, he is also an actor. They were both soap actors, and that's how they met. So they have been married. Uh, it doesn't say how many years, but... Um, so Kristen Bell and Dax Pax Shepard. I always forget his first name. They've been, oh, there it is. Dax, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. They've been married for 15 years and Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel have been married for 15 years, man. I didn't think it was 15 years. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Now here's another guy that when he's dressed up, he is such classic Hollywood, you know, suave. He's got that Texas, like just 
it just melts the clothes off of any woman I think he's talking to. <laughs> and he's just saying, hi, how are you? Like that, that's it. That's all you need. Um, but so he has been married for 16 years to Camilla Alves. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see some of them, you know, Tom Brady um, and Gazelle, they've been married for 16 years, man, a lot of them are coming up on that 15, 16 years, even Portia de Rossi and Ellen DeGeneres have been together for 17 years. So some of these relationships are really interesting, because I think people probably would have taken their bet to Vegas and been like, no, that's, that's not staying together. It's not happening. You know who won, like, I was surprised because you always see Pierce Brosnan on the, on the red carpet. And like, he was, he was one of my favorite Bonds, by the way, one of my favorite James Bond guys. And um, so a lot of his, I, I remember watching him in the 80s. I was a little kid in uh, Remington Steep. I don't know if you remember that show, but mm-hmm. uh, you, you might find it on Hulu if, you, if they can find it. It's a fun show. But uh, I remember watching that. And then I saw a picture of him and his wife not long ago. And I think that was his high school sweetheart. They have been together for like, they've been married for what, 30 some, almost 40 years or something. And I'm like, wow, like you never hear that in Hollywood, but they're so private with their, with their marriage and their relationship, you know, and he's just so business when it comes to acting and everything else. You know, he doesn't want the paparazzi. He doesn't want the glitz. Just, just do the job and go home. And, but I mean, I, mean, I, I respect that of some of those, those actors that like have that kind of loyalty because, you know, it's so easy. You see all the, all the tabloid press and how people get in Hollywood. It's like a carousel. And we all kind of like joke, make fun of it, but I would hate to be on that carousel. I honestly would. I, I wouldn't be able to live my life appropriately at all with any kind of, you know, uh, be able to sleep at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm sure it's, it's a strong challenge because when you're on set and you're, you know, especially for method actors where you are, The moment you read that script and you begin your character analysis and you begin to build all the backstory, you become that character. So for so many of them, it is very difficult because you have love scenes. You have difficult scenes where it's emulating real, true emotions and you just become connected to that person. So I've heard so many times of you know, you have a big movie, a big blockbuster comes out and all of a sudden the two leads are together and, yeah. they're, in and they're, they both have to get divorced and there's kids in the middle. Like it just makes it so messy. So I think a lot of the Hollywood actors struggle um, with that, but, you know, talking about Pierce Brosnan, man, he was, oh, I have not had too many, like he's on my top 10 list crushes. But I, oh my goodness, yes, when he was first Bond and he just looked so fabulous to me. But I have heard a lot of different stories about how him and his wife spend a lot of time in their yacht because on the yacht, they can get away from the paparazzi. They can get away from the fanalos, you know, and actually live real life. But the pictures are interesting because he had done an article recently talking about just living life, right? He has aged and he's aging gracefully. He's not running out to have plastic surgery done. And men do do that. A lot of men do. It's not just women. Um, He hasn't had any work done. And then his wife, she has aged gracefully. So she no longer has that bikini body. And everybody just thinks, oh, my God, this former Bond. Like, this is James 007, James Bond. 
And he's like, no, you know, she is my sweetheart. She's my wife and I love her however she is. And at this point, you know, she's, she's overweight, you know, she's not what anybody would consider a looker. Um, and that's really interesting to see because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was like, you expect James Bond to have like a model type of one. No, she's, she looks normal. And I'm like, that's refreshing. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. You know, I was, I was thinking like, you know, what, what other kind of, uh, celebrity couples should there be and i'm thinking as far as that uh, that uh, barely legal club demi moore and dicaprio should date oh just to see like how long it takes one to cheat on the other with somebody younger just so yeah. they get a little taste of their own medicine does that make sense I, I would like that or if you know if we had like a meltdown by caitlin jenner with a split personality caitlin talking about how long she's been dating bruce that would be interesting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Somebody out there is thinking it. I just said it. So don't think I'm off. Yeah. And somebody else thinking it. Anyway, but anyway, um, yeah, I was saying that'd be great too. That'd be great too. Yeah. You know, I was watching a John Mayer interview recently and he was being interviewed by Adele because Adele now has a podcast, just like I think everybody has a podcast because we've all realized that right yeah the gonzo chronicles like this is how people are getting their content they're either listening or they're watching and they're streaming whenever they can um but so he was on adele's podcast and he said yeah adele you know what do i think or what do you think about uh getting married and now she's recently divorced so she had a few things to say about it. And he's like, I think I'm going to go get myself married. <laughs> and I think I'm actually quoting like his real soundbite because he talks like that. Right. And she's like, I think you should, John. I think it would be good for you. I think you should. And what about John Mayer and Adele? Like either that's going to go on for the end of eternity and they'll be happy as clams or it would be the biggest gossip like just crap show ever right if they do i hope they have their own reality show and it's a musical <gasps> i think that's your widget you just found your widget cyrus that's the gonzo the chronicles has that you've got to go into production now i do don't, i have to go into production they should they should they should totally do uh, yeah a musical like, like, what? I mean, it'd be hard to do, but like one show a month, and they can record like you know, for a year. And uh, <laughs> you, see, show. you see her sliding in, on, like, a pair of socks slide in, in the kitchen. It's breakfast time, you know. <laughs> and he, he comes walking in, shaking his hands around like Sammy Davis Jr. Let me tell you, we're having pain. Oh, my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> like songbirds on a perch. It would be uh, wow. Can you imagine the songbird they would have if they had a kid? I mean, the world would stop. Listen, there would be peace and harmony for once. That would be an interesting looking child, a cross between Adele and John Mayer. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know she, I think she has a child. I don't think she has two, but I think she has a child. In I don't know. Can you imagine if Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Kim Kardashian had a kid. Both of them have huge asses. You imagine the size of the ass on that kid. When it, <laughs> would they be short or tall? Because she's like really short. 
She's just over five feet. Wow. She looks tall in pictures, but she is like a tiny little large chest, big butt human. Like she's really little. I don't know, a hybrid, maybe small with a big ass, giant feet, <laughs> and could really box out under the rim. So giant feet, what, like long neck? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it could really, it's really vicious under the rim. They'll go play basketball. I see it. I see it happen. They'll, they'll, they'll feud with LeBron James kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That should be another reality show. Yeah, Chris Jenner would definitely jump in there and go, for marketing, this could be beautiful. We're doing this now, girls, because she's a genius. She is an absolute marketing genius to take a tiny little bit of fame, tiny little bit, yeah. and make it into an empire. All that because of damn O.J. Simpson. I know. That's exactly where it started. The <laughs> slowest Police chase in history, slowest and has to be longest because I Do don't think they broke 40 miles per hour. No, they didn't. Do you remember where you were when, when that came on the news? I remember exactly where I was at. It was the craziest. I think I was in my mother's kitchen and watching it, but it was a really long chase. So, like, we watched it and then we probably went out and had some lunch and came back, and it's still on. <laughs> I, I was I was in the weirdest of all places to, to see this news break. I remember I'm you know I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, like diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. So I get tickets to the Reds Braves game in Atlanta, and like I'm so happy because I want to go see Deion Sanders play, right? And Deion gets traded the day before. I hear it on the news. I'm like son of a bitch. I wanted to see Deion Sanders. Unfortunately, he got traded to the other team. Right. So he got traded to the Reds. So it's like, I'm still going to see some of it. Great. So I go down there and we're set in the stadium. This is a Fulton County stadium at the time. And um, CNN is headquartered in Atlanta. And they had this big giant TV screen up in the, in the stadium, you know, for like replays and stuff. And all of a sudden we see it like cracking over breaking news, CNN. And here I am sitting in here watching a ball game, watching O.J. Simpson get chased in the middle of a Braves-Reds game on the big Titantron. I was like, that's – yeah, I'm in Atlanta. It happens. And that's where, I, that's where I saw that happen. It's crazy. Yeah, that was – that whole thing was just crazy. I was sad, very sad, but really weird. And it's, yeah. you know, it's almost like – I mean – He's seemingly suicidal, lying in the back of a Bronco, being driven by a friend of his, and he's crying, and he's saying he's sorry, and it's like, and then he goes home, and of course, who's standing there in the doorway is, uh, what's what's Kardashian's first name? The lawyer, his lawyer, his attorney, his defense attorney. Yeah. Um, I can't think Shapiro. of his first name. Oh. His last name was Shapiro, wasn't it? No, it's uh, Kardashian was his defense lawyer. Um, So Kim Kardashian's father is the defense lawyer. And he's standing in the doorway and it's like they just did this big hush game, you know. So the car pulls up, the son runs up to the car and the cops are like, oh, my God, who's this guy? Like they didn't even know it's his son. So he's lucky he didn't get shot. And it's just a cluster, man. What a cluster. And but, Chris Jenner is like, I'm going to make some money. And she did. <laughs> what a marketing freaking genius. Mm-hmm. I think her and Sharon Osbourne ought to have a 
have a sit down and a live talk for the rest of us to hear how they how they took uh, their respective husbands and spun four decades worth of entertainment out of it. Because they I can't sure remember anything Ozzy's been saying since 88, but he's still around. He is still around now. I've heard that he's not well, and their son also has some chronic conditions, but I think they just divorced. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, they decided to, so they separated in 2016 after 33 years of marriage, but they didn't divorce until, I want to say recently. Okay, so Ozzy cheated. And there was a cheating scandal in 2016 uh, when he had an affair. Oh, no, I'm wrong. They are still married. So they right. did separate for quite a while. But they're they still married. Show. There's a show on Travel Channel. Uh, his son, oh, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it's called The Osbournes Want to Believe. So it's like this. He shows these paranormal clips to his parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 where it's believable or not. It, anyway, Ozzy's such a skeptic of everything, but it's kind of funny in a way. It's so it's kind of it's humorous because anything Ozzy does, you just want to laugh at the guy because he mumbles. He, he does. Says, he always has that that mumble and stumbling. I, I've actually met him in person. Um, he's an interesting guy. Very few words. He's a man of very few words, and he always has a couple of friends. Like they're not you know, uh, bodyguards or anything like that. I'm sure they're off like in the corner somewhere watching, but he always has some friends that will take him into a situation and then they escort him out. Like <laughs> He never has a moment to mingle and talk to anybody. And I'm kind of wondering now, is that because of the 2016 scandal where he cheated? I met him in 2017. Um, at a, a gallery um, debut evening. Um, yeah, so interesting guy, but very few words and very kind, very, you know, open to like stop and take pictures with people and stuff like that. But yeah, it'd be uh, very unassuming. Was, yeah. Yeah. Growing up, it was like Ozzy was the Prince of Darkness, you know, I'm, I'm there, to get, there to rock and roll. But then like he turned, it's like, yeah, you hear he's like this nice dude. And he's, you know, you know, who knows? Who knows, man? But so what are you guys doing for uh, Valentine's? Any, any plans? Probably not too much. Unfortunately, I do have surgery about a week before. So I'm just going to be healing. Um, and my husband has taken the kids to North Carolina. So deep in the mountains of Western North Carolina, his parents live there. And uh, so they're going to try to catch some snow, do some snow tubing. We only had like an inch of snow. We really didn't get much. And now that we're easing into February, we might have another chance or two, especially the way this winter is going. We might have a snowstorm here in Atlanta sometime in February. But if we don't get one by Valentine's Day, they're going to take that weekend because the kids in their school now, they actually have like a pre-spring break. It's really weird. They can't call it a winter break because on the calendar, winter break means the Christmas break. So they took that, you know, it was actually three weeks. Sometimes it's two weeks, but because of the way the holiday fell, it wound up being a three-week break. So we just came back to school, and now Valentine's Day week, they have five days off. So oh, wow. it gives them a nice span of time. So I think they're going to go snow tubing, and I will be at home healing. So those are my plans. Okay. What about you? Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a nice uh, nice gift. You get like some 
like yeah, like you can heal instead of like being busy all the time. Can get a little bit of a break, a little bit of quiet. That's that's kind of cool. Um, this weekend, I'm just gonna be. I'm a nerd. I'm gonna be watching the Weather Channel. I'm gonna watch this snowstorm just rip ass up and down the coast and watch two feet of snow drop on someone. And I'm gonna sit down here and have maybe an inch of snow and and uh, eat some spaghetti. That's 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 my goal. That's my I goal. Know. This is a wild snowstorm that's coming through. And, you know, if this was hitting the southeast, like it would be nothing but like the Weather Channel would probably literally pop up on my phone every five minutes. Snowmageddon, you know, you yeah. can expect another three inches. And I'm not really hearing this one being called too many things, yeah. except for just like a big snowmaker. And earlier in the week, I had to chuckle because the Weather Channel said, it's a gonna be a snow cyclone bomb. And yeah. I remember being a kid growing up in Metuchen, New Jersey. We would always get a couple of snowstorms that were big, you know, substantial snowstorms, but they would just call it a blizzard. Like it would come across across Michigan and out towards the east, and we'd get covered, right? And so now I'm like, gosh, if I was a kid listening to the radio because that's i would listen to the weather radio uh, i was a total nerd as a kid still am but totally then and they said like a snow bomb cyclone do you know how excited i would have been <laughs> you're like yeah all right that's like, it's like getting free candy or something so i'm gonna watch that this weekend hey i am gonna tease one of my shows coming up too because uh, this weekend um i have scheduled hopefully we'll, we'll get this the show done um, a, a guest from the, his name is Mace Byers, and he's the bass player from the rock band Grey Days. And Grey Days just had one of the biggest albums of the year out there. Now, people are like, Who's, who are Grey Days? What, what band is that? Well, uh, music fans remember Linkin Park, and the lead singer of Linkin Park was Chester Bennington. And Chester Bennington, I think was, I, I, and I think this is correct, I'll get with, I'll talk with Mace about this, but was going to get the original band back together because he was the original singer of great A's. And unfortunately, Chester Bennington took his own life. And that was a big deal a few years back. And then, um, you know, so that, you know, that was a very unique and powerful voice in music and a lot. And I know a lot of Lincoln Park fans. Well, Mace was good friends with, with Chester and they got together and took some of the old recordings of Chester's singing from their old music. And they did a tribute album called Amends. And I think the proceeds, I mean, they got permission from his wife and kids and everything to do this. And they were part of it, too. So uh, Mace, you know, they come in and they play the music around the lyrics the original band did. And um, I, you know, the, the album, honestly, is probably one of the best rock albums I've heard in a long time. And I, I was uh, telling a friend of mine who played on it, uh, Heidi Gadd. Now, she's been on the show before, too. And she's the host of Aliens and Beyond. So her and Mace co-host the show. And they're bringing that back out in February um, after a long hiatus because Heidi is actually a violin player and she plays in the orchestra out in Phoenix. And she actually was asked to come on and play some heavy metal violin on the Great A's album. So, so she was actually some background music on there too. So she was a little bit a part of that project. So uh, she's going to be coming back on too, but we're going to talk to Mace on Sunday. We're going to talk about some crazy tales from the road. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit of, uh, you know, Lincoln Park and then Chester Bennington and, you know, it's a still a tough subject because they were, you know, all these, this band of friends were like just best friends for a long time. And 
you know, it was really just soul crushing, you know, what happened to them. But, but they, they went through the project and that album, usually when you listen to an album, I, I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but when I listen to an album, like I hear a lot of good songs, but then there's like two or three on there. I can do without, you know, I call those clunkers. Every album has them. There's not one clunker on this album. I'm, I, I can listen to this one straight through without hitting, you know, skip to the next track or anything like that. There, it's it's a really solid album. Probably one of the best ones, like I said, I've heard in years. And uh, unfortunately, there's only so many tracks out there that Chester had recorded vocals for. I don't know if they'll do another one. They may. I'll, I'll get into that with them, too. I don't know how much he can tell me because of the studio may have you know, non-disclosure agreements or whatever. But nonetheless, we're going to have a fun little chat. We're going to talk about some crazy tales from the road. And um, yeah, we. so I talked with him uh, a couple days ago. And uh, we're supposed to record on talk on Sunday. So that should be my next show. And what's going on with uh, Caffeinated Cooper? You've had some really great Very guests. Cool. I've got to listen to that show. Absolutely. That is going to be amazing. I remember when uh, the news came across that Chester had taken his own life. And man, that was so sad. I mean, it, it's so sad with so many of them. Um, yeah, I'm just talking for a minute before I get to the Cafe Cooper show. Um, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people in the music business, a lot of people that did tour at one point in time. And they're like, the celebrity, you know, that idea of being a celebrity is so sensational that it can be overwhelming. And you have to put out so much energy as a musician on stage that especially heroin and cocaine is just so prevalent yeah. and you know you could be like a 17 year old kid fresh out of high school and you just hit it with a band that takes off and you're opening for big artists and they're like it's everywhere needles are everywhere bags and bags of cocaine is everywhere and pills and anything you want and they're like you know one one guy that i interviewed um, he was in a major, major band that was touring in the late nineties and he had addiction problems. And he's like, you know what? I'm clean today. I've been sober. He actually runs, um, a men's sobriety house in Florida. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. He does a lot of work with sobriety and he's very proud of his, and he has been clean for, um, almost 20 years, I believe. Um, and he's like, the quality of my music from then that I thought was rocking and we were opening for like major, major bands. He's like, it's nothing compared to what we do sober today. He's like, it's just such a huge difference. So um, it's really sad to see some of them struggle like Chester yeah. did and they wind up not being with us for very long. But the caffeinated Cooper show, I am pushing to do more and more and more. And I feel like last year, um, later in the year, the show came back on and, you know, I had gone through a couple of different surgeries and I was finally able to get back to the show. And I feel like I've crossed into a maturity with it. And um, I, I've opened up bigger space so now I can freely move around and I'm no longer like literally filming in a tiny little corner of my basement <laughs> and kids would walk by and I'd be like, you know, to keep them quiet or I'd say, take the dog upstairs, you know, and uh, I don't have to do that anymore. So the show is now syndicated. You can listen to it as an Amazon Prime video through Amazon 
and then we are accessible through um, the Binge Networks TV, either online or on all of your smart TVs, Samsung, Roku. We have a presence everywhere. And I'm actually looking to distribute the show as just an audio version, as an audio podcast. And um, so that's going to be coming into play very, very soon. So it's really nice. We have, um, you know, we give credits on IMDb if you're a guest on the show. So if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show or finding out more, they can email us at ecooperstudios, with an S on the end, at gmail.com. And coming this weekend, I have a really dynamic young lady. Her name is Sherry Shabon, and she is a Canadian lady. She has had massive spinal surgery at a very young age, but she's a fitness person. And so she was very, very fit then. And they said, listen, you know, we've got to do a few things to your spine. She went through spinal surgery and she said, forget about it. I'm not taking the doctors telling me that I can only walk for the rest of my life, that if I push it too far, I'll lose my mobility. So she got back into the gym and this girl, she is all muscle. She is amazing. But she also got to a point to where they said, you have to stop because your spine is slipping off of its axis completely. And if your spinal cord is crushed because of that, because of your extreme workouts, you are never going to be able to use your legs again. And she's been able to overcome that. Um, She still works out. She's a fitness and nutrition guru. She, she just has an amazing repertoire. So we're going to get into a great conversation and that is going to be 10 AM Eastern this Saturday, January 29th. And then we will have a financial report with Vista front partners in the news. And that is going to be at um, just after noon on the 29th. So we do a news report with Vista front partners and, um, and we also talk about, you know, things that are in the news cycle that are uplifting, that are inspiring and fun. It's good news. You know, it's like we can turn on the news, especially right now. It's so very heavy because it looks like there's a couple of different wars out there in the world that are brewing and financial and the stock market has been like up and down and up and down. Like it has been a wild ride this week. So there's so many things going on that are very concerning. So I love to do my research and report about things that don't necessarily get airtime. So that's what the news is about. We do that every weekend, unless for some reason there's something really dynamic happening in my life that I'm not able to broadcast on Saturday. But the show airs on Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then on Saturdays. I try to book two guests. So the first guest will come on at 10 a.m. Eastern. The second guest will come on at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. And then we hit the news after noon. So that's sometime between 12.30 and 1 o'clock. Yeah, so it's a Caffeinated Cooper show. Google us and email us. And uh, I'm also doing a push to have people email ecooperstudios at gmail.com and let us know if you have birthday shout-outs, Let us know if you have messages or short 30 second videos that you would like us to broadcast to a military member, to a fireman, a policeman, any any friend or family member that maybe you're not close to that you would like to uh, have a shout out. And then weddings. I want to be able to announce engagements and weddings. And you're welcome to send a 30 second video or shorter 
as send in pictures and on the next broadcast from when you email it in, we'll add that into the broadcast. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because like I said, you've had some really interesting guests here recently that, uh, you know, I've been a little late popping into some of the shows, but then I'm like stuck on it because I'm captured with what they're saying until my phone rings and kicks me off. And then I have to come back on. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you've had some really good, uh, good guests. So um, definitely check out uh, her show, go to YouTube and check it out because you have uh, the older shows on there too. So this past, like, I think you've had a couple of doctors on recently. I thought were really fascinating conversations. Uh, the lady was at last last night or Wednesday night. Uh, she Wednesday was a night. therapist. Yeah, that was a really really great conversation with her. Uh, and one that sticks out in my head was um, recently there was a I don't know if it was down in Atlanta or where it was at, but the the guy who was a, a widow a widower, and there was no resources out there for other men who were in a similar situation with kids and had lost their wife. And he put together an organization that can help other men you know, raise their children in the way that they need to be like holding each other accountable. And, and just, just the attitude of that man, um, that's, that's the kind of people you want to hang out with and have a beer with because that attitude is so infectious. And, uh, and I, you, you've had some amazing guests on there. So um, I'm looking Absolutely. for the next few shows. Yeah. So the, the gentleman you're speaking of, his name is Elijah Glenn and he is near Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, so his podcast is called Humble Dad. And right. man, it's so interesting how I found him. I do a lot of sourcing guests either with my booking agent in Los Angeles, but he's fantastic for the LA actors and actress circuit. Um, so a lot of the big time actors and actresses, they're coming from my booking agent in LA. The rest of the people, I source them mainly basically off of Facebook. And so I've joined hundreds of different groups and I'll see what's going on. So one evening I couldn't sleep and I woke up and, and I did what we're not supposed to do. I popped onto Facebook on my phone <laughs> and humble dad popped in front of me. And I'm like, gosh, this guy is really interesting. I wonder what's going on. And he at that evening, he had put out a video. It was just him. He wasn't interviewing anybody and talking about losing his wife. His wife had just passed away and she passed away about four months ago in the fall of 2021. And they have four children together. They're all their children. Um, they were married for many, many years. And, you know, he was just very authentic. So I'm like, hmm, well, he's saying his name is Humble Dad. Where's that coming from? And I very quickly found out, you know, he's a podcaster. So that's the name of his podcast. I'm like, I wonder what he does on his podcast. So I popped it open. And I started looking. He interviews dads and only dads. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe they get into heavy topics and stuff. They do. But he opens up his podcast saying, man, do you remember when you first held your firstborn, what, what were the feelings you were going through? And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are questions nobody asks. No guys get together and talk about those things. And they're so important. So yes, please go find Elijah Glenn or Humble Dad. And this man, he's got merch. He has a website, like he's really rocking and rolling and doing something special with that. And then the doctor you were mentioning, she was really dynamic too. And that episode just aired this past Wednesday. Um, her name is Dr. Kiba Richmond Green. 
And man, she's, she's something else. She has spent nearly 20 years in the criminal justice industry. She has criminal justice degree. She has a doctorate of family um, psychological practice and so on. And she has so many different degrees. And, and she's she said, going for you know, another one too, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, going for like her like 50th degree and something. I was like, where do you find time? But she was, she was a very dynamic guest and um, the, the, her topics, I, she, she, she's a lady who had to put together. I was wildly impressed with, with her. Yeah, she does. She started an organization. She said, you know, I was mainly thinking of celebrities of family crisis situations in the celebrity world. When you have a family crisis situation, it's, you know, not really feasible to wait to get into a doctor and then you're going into a specific doctor facility and you have paparazzi following you. And, you know, you can't be like, okay, let's just say the Atlanta area. You can't be somebody like TI or Usher having a family crisis moment and you're seen going into a child psychology building. Like you just can't. So she has formed an organization where she has tons and tons of other psychological professionals that work within the organization that she built and they do house calls. You call them up and say, I'm having a crisis. My son is suicidal or this, that, or the other. And she'll say, okay, where are you? And she sends somebody out to you then at that moment. 24 seven. 24 seven. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, she seems impressive. But thanks again for coming on. We'll do it again sometime. Um, but I'll get back to you before your surgery. I hope uh, that goes smoothly and you get, you get plenty of rest and, and recover quickly. Well, thank you. You know, I've got some great books lying around that I'm definitely going to crack open, you know, like, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> some books by Cyrus Alderwood. You yeah, know, I've got probably a whole have a lot. I have a couple laying around there. And uh, I'm, I'm still editing on the, the next the Legends uh, series book, part two. My whole cat is running around here like he's being chased by a ghost. I don't get this. Anyway, um, but uh, so I got, hopefully I have another one coming out here before too awful long. But, uh, but I certainly appreciate you coming on. We'll do it again. Everybody go, go check out the Caffeinated Cooper show and all those uh, locations she said. And we'll be back with another episode soon. So take care, everybody. We'll see you down the road.